Hello, and welcome to All Things Marketing and Education. My name is Ilana Leone, and I've devoted my career to helping education brands build their brand awareness and engagement. Each week, I sit down with educators, edtech entrepreneurs, and experts in educational marketing and community building. All of them will share their successes and failures using social media, inbound marketing or content marketing, and community building. I'm excited to guide you on your journey to transform your marketing efforts into something that provides consistent value and ultimately improves the lives of your audience. Welcome everyone to this episode of All Things Marketing and Education. I'm Ilana Leone, I'm the CEO of Leone Consulting Group, and today is a really fun day. I can't wait to get talking to our guest today, Miss Shanna, not Shana. So Shanna, <laughs> and I remember the way you were introduced to me from your friend Natalie. She's like Shanna, like banana. Yeah. <laughs> so Shanna Bull to share all of her awesome knowledge around really all things social media. And for all of you listeners that listen to lots of our podcast episodes, thank you, Mom only. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we don't talk about social media as much. And that's why I was super excited to have Shanna on board. She has a background in ed tech as well. Um, I met Shanna when I was at the George Lucas Educational Foundation way back in the day. And uh, Shanna's team at the time was a ed tech startup called Collaborize. Right, collaborate. Um, that was the product. the uh, The business was actually called Democrasoft, oh, but yes. Collaborize Classroom was the product, and they wanted to be um, kind of a social platform for um, educators to provide lesson plans and stuff like that. Yeah, and I just remember you all did like a video or something. You, went, <gasps> you and Natalie, and it was like, stop collaborate and listen. And I was like, hell yeah. Genius. Her and I did, you can still find it. Um, uh, I don't I don't on like I'll school find tube. It. Um, but the two of us did a rap um, poorly and educators remembered that. So when we went to ISTE for the first year, uh, we had people come up to us um, knowing that video. <laughs> yeah. So let's rewind. Shanna and her team is at Skywalker Ranch, where Edutopia was housed at. And we're having a meeting about, I have no idea, something education. And our teams kept in touch. And I think, Shanna, you were the one, maybe with Natalie, that came up with the idea of EdTech Karaoke. And you came up to us and said, hey, do you want to be a part of this EdTech Karaoke thing that we're thinking about doing it for ISTE, one of mm -hmm. the biggest EdTech conferences coming up? Is that correct? That is correct. Um, I, I know uh, EdTech Karaoke was... Um, I there was a tech karaoke at a different event, and I thought thought let's do ed tech karaoke, and so we had um, I think three or four sponsors, and there were about two hundred teachers that came to that first karaoke party. We had a photo booth, we had karaoke, we had I think everybody got one free drink, and it was a really fun party. Um, yeah, I know they're I mean, still doing it at Etsy or at Etsy. Sorry. It's <laughs> everyone makes th that acronym is so hard for people. But <laughs> for those of you listening that have no idea about this acronym, it's I S T E. So people, you know, Etsy, ISTE, it's ISTE. That's what we called it back in yeah. 11 years ago. So 
So anyways, this <laughs> event is now going on still. It's it, it made such an impression on the EdTech market that it now is the biggest party at ISTE. And sometimes you'll also see it at Q and other EdTech events, too. Wow. Um, our first is, was in Philly, and I was like maybe 10-something years ago. Who knows? Mm -hmm. And gosh, I just remember like we had like Christina Ishmael and George Koros, and they were like dancing on the booth on top of it. And it was just we didn't have any room because didn't, I didn't think like we'd have this many people. We only no. had half the restaurant, remember? We ended up taking over the entire restaurant. And <laughs> what's funny is I remember, yeah, it was like when the first or second Adele album came out and she belted that um, yeah. uh, rolling in the deep like she was Adele on stage and I was in shock. And to this day, I remember that moment. I do, too. And I remember I actually remember how scared she was to go up. And she was right, she was right before. And for those of you that don't know Christina, Christina Ishmael, she's now the uh, deputy director of the Office of EdTech. Um, we'll put her bio in the thing. But like, it's just amazing to be a part of educators' journeys for so long. And I feel like EdTech Karaoke was the beginning of that for, for me. Um, I want to introduce Shanna a little bit more properly, and then we, <laughs> we will get into what we're going to be talking about. And please stick around. I think if you're an educator, you will learn a ton about how to promote yourself, your books, um, any kind of local event you're having. And from on the ed tech side, I mean, this is also really designed for you. I feel like social media is the one thing that is in everybody's lives, but we don't really know how to use it. Um, and I would say use it for good. Um, so we'll get into all of that. <laughs> so I obviously kept in touch with Shanna on and off because she is a good human and she's a brilliant marketer. I follow her on all the channels um, and we'll get you all that contact information. But I, I don't know about all the channels, but no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but you're in there every day. Um, and that's what social media is about, is that pulse of just trying new things and not getting. You know what the funny thing is? I'm not in there every day. I just look like I am. Yeah, art, <laughs> art scheduling. Okay, so Shanna is beyond being past life in ed tech. She is a best-selling children's book author. And so we'll talk a little bit about if you have a book, how you can promote it. Um, she's a freelance writer. She's a digital marketer, of course. Um, she is based in the Bay Area, also with me. Um, she is also a cancer survivor. Um, she's a wife. She's a mother. I am so excited to have her on the show because she also is passionate about helping small business owners and marketers just build their confidence and understand what social media is. So a lot of times our team works with people that kind of already know what social media is, know they need it, but you might work on the other spectrum of just like, what the heck is social media? How do we use it for small business owners? How do we make sure that we're not spending a ton of time on it? So I'm excited to get into that. Um, so we will be talking about the latest trends in social media. So we just recently went to a conference, Social Media Marketing World. We're going to be incorporating a lot of our lessons. So I might be talking a little bit more in this episode than you're used to. Usually I just interview awesome people and I don't have anything to say because I don't know anything-ish. And this one I can talk social. Exciting. Exactly. <laughs> so we're going to talk about some trends and then we'll get into some cool things like I mentioned around how to promote a book. So if you're an ed tech company or somebody as an ed 
tech innovator. You might be a teacher that had a book. You might have a friend that has a book. That might be really exciting. And then tips and tricks to promote things that are local on social media. So Shanna, with that intro, I am so excited to have you on this show and feel free to add anything I miss. I'm excited to be here. And I will be honest, all I remember from visiting the Skywalker Ranch was the amazing cheese in the cafeteria. And I still have like an original Funko Pop um, of Princess Leia that I bought from the Skywalker Ranch um, like store. And I bet it's if it was in the box, it would be worth a lot of money because there's a million different um, versions of Funko Pop um, Star Wars things. So... Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that story was interesting is that, um, so you, where you went was Big Rock Ranch, correct? Not I went to both. I went okay. to, I saw, um, I went to Skywalker Ranch and um, like the, uh, the new campus or new yeah. 10 years ago um, that they did a lot of um, animation production. Got like it. There was, there was a certain um, statue from um, a movie, Return to Oz. Yes. Okay. That I don't think we're allowed to talk about. <laughs> awesome. So let's jump into social media. I know that a lot of our listeners are curious on what the heck is happening in all these social platforms all of the time. What about these algorithms? Where is the pay to play? What? I get this question all the time, like, where should I be devoting my energy in terms of social channels? All of these things. So we both went to a conference it called Social Media Marketing World and got to hear from experts and really just understand the trends of what's what's truly happening now. Um, and Shanna, do you want to talk a little bit about maybe the conference and, and some takeaways that you had? And I can build on that. Absolutely. This was my very first Social Media Marketing World. Even though I've worked in social media and marketing for 20 years or 15 for social media. Um, I've been doing it as a freelancer. So I never invested um, that much money into my own business. This was the first year that I said, I need to do this. I need to go. And to be honest, it's exactly what I needed. I was able to network with friends and new people. And that energy that you get from learning in person can't be replicated online. That's I teach classes online, so I know the difference. And it, there's this energy, and it was really time. It was really nice to take some time for myself and recharge my batteries um, as well. I came back feeling like ready to tackle my own business, so I'm really glad I uh, made the decision to go. I actually wrote a blog post about some of the biggest trends and takeaways that I got out of it. Um, a lot of it was just reinforcement that relationships matter on social media, that it's not just about churning out content or getting the most likes and follows. Instead, it's focusing on genuine relationships with your audience and then figuring out what content can be valuable to them and that they would appreciate and then, you know, they would watch. Um, another big away, big takeaway was... Um, kind of what we talked about just a minute ago, um, working harder, not, um, not more, you know, investing um, time and energy into creating content is a lot. You know, it, I've been doing this for 10 plus years, um, creating content on a daily basis, and it's a lot of work. So using social media tools to um, 
schedule content so you don't have to be there every day. Um, I literally use a kitchen timer um, to spend only 15 minutes engaging with people, but I do it more strategically so I don't get down rabbit holes and like find, you know, two hours going going by and not having anything to um, show for it. So there's no point in putting in long hours if you're not being productive and efficient with that time. Instead, focusing on the tools and resources to get the most out of your social media uh, marketing efforts. And then I guess the last thing was really all that testing and experimenting, trying new things. And it's especially important in social media because things keep changing on us all the freaking time. Um, So testing out different strategies and see what works best specifically for your brand or for your own business. Awesome. So why don't I, I'll I'll take it down and we can like do a deep dive into each one of those things because I think we can can get a little bit deeper on tools and things, but um, your blog, we, for everyone listening, going, gosh, I wish I had that blog. We will list it in our show notes too. So stay at the end and we will give you that link to get to our blog or you can just go to our website. Um, so let's talk about that first one on relationships because I actually didn't get that as, cause we went to different sessions too. And yeah. I listened to all the sessions, but that is something I've harped on for many people about social media is about the relationships you create and the posts, if you do it well, can create value, which inherently creates trust, which is the basis for some type of relationship. If you do it in an authentic, not creepy way. Right. (laughs) That's important to say not creepy because, um, I mean, as women, it's, it's a little easier to not feel creepy, but for, um, people like my husband who is a middle-aged white guy, he is very concerned with, um, with that. And, um, but he, he's done a really good job specifically on TikTok, um, creating this community of Star Wars geeks and connecting with them and, um, like talking and just getting excited about stuff. And the funny thing is one thing I learned at social media marketing world, the more you engage on these platforms, the more those people will engage with you on your content which means that the more your content will be seen to more people in general. So engaging and creating connections is important. And to be honest, I would say connections is probably the most um, important factor in the success of my business over the last um, 15 years you know, maintaining relationships like you or even some of the other teachers that I've met throughout the years. Um, And I only worked in ed tech for two years, but I've kept up those relationships um, with some people. And funny enough, now that I'm a children's book author, a lot of those people um, are um, customers of, you know, they're buying the book. And, um, I've even had two educators, um, write blurbs for the back of the book. Yeah. I saw that. That's, I saw it go for full circle and I'm like, yeah, Yeah. Shannon, Shannon Miller, who is, I'm not exactly sure what she's doing now, but she was a like technology librarian based in Iowa, uh, 10 years ago. Yeah. So 
I know our audience that might not know social media go relationships. What, what do you <laughs> want me to do? Like hold hands with people. Like, let's break it down to like, what do we actually do? And maybe I'll start with like, so if you have a Twitter account and you are a brand for a lot of you, you might be your own person and being behind a brand is a little difficult, but you can still create relationships with it. Um, lots of companies do it differently, but you know, if we're manning a social account um, specifically, let's get into Twitter. We're going to go through all of our, mentions when people are talking about you make sure that you know especially in education that is such a gift educators are the most busy humble people ever and they've taken time out of their day to say hey what's up blah 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 i use your product so we want to immediately like that we want to make sure we're following them we want to respond back with something authentic and appreciative if, if it's like we use your product or if it's a customer service we're on it um we might want to look at their profile and say hey i realize you're a star wars geek i am too <laughs> whatever be a human and start connecting add them mm -hmm. to a list so you can then start liking your tweets and getting involved with them you know thank them on a follow friday all these things you can do that's relationship tactics mm -hmm. but something for another channel shanna um in real life we're getting back out there again um and in the beginning of my career i would like say yes to almost any free networking event or lunch with like a colleague um i don't have that same time anymore but i would always um try and go to these events and connect with people um, even if I didn't go to any classes at social media marketing world, the after uh, parties and the, the connections that I made um, was worth the, the price of admission to me um, because I, I had a strategic plan of who I wanted to connect with outside of the people that I already knew. Um, and I made it a point to connect with those people in person. Um, sometimes I just tweeted them and said, hey, I would love to meet up. And we did. And then after the event, I made sure to follow up and say, thank you. Um, you know, I had a good time. I look forward to connecting more. And then I did add some of them to a Twitter list, like you just said. So then I'm able to connect with them on an ongoing basis. I've done this with my career in the wine industry and food industry as well, where I've kept up with connections after I meet them in person. And that's been um, important because, you know, some of these people that I've worked with um, 15 years ago, I've worked with again and again, and coworkers have become clients, clients have become friends. Um, and many of those have become customers of my book. <laughs> yes, yes. You never know this crazy journey of life. Yeah, I, I didn't know that was going to be my end game, uh, selling people children's books. But uh, <laughs> that that's an easy that's an easy sell. You know, uh, adorable children's books about um, bugs and um, with a focus on mental health issues taught in the fun yeah. way. And we will get into that. I'm excited. <laughs> um, I think the one other thing I'd like to add about relationships is do not go into social media saying, Alana and Shanna said relationships, so I have to do relationships. Like relationships, being relationship driven and connecting to your audience is a something that should drive you. It's something that connects you back to your mission, to who you are. Maybe you're an educator and say, I want to connect with other um, instructional coaches in California. It will transform your practice, um, but don't do it for, and then from a company perspective, you want to connect to your target audience. You want to connect to your buyers. You want to connect to your users. You want to connect to people that 
that think the same way and care about the same things you do. It helps you connect and be better as a human, as a company, all of the things. But don't go in saying, I got to like stuff because Alana said I got to like stuff and Shanna said this. Like It's really transformative as a brand. I think you hit it on um, when you mentioned target audience. I think that is, is extremely important because you can go on social media and talk to people all freaking day. But if you're not talking to the right people, then it doesn't matter. Then it's just a waste of time. So really planning ahead and figuring out what your niche is like where you fit into this uh, bigger space, even specifically in ed tech, because there's lots of different variations um, within that space. So figuring out how your brand and how you fit in is important. And then, um, you know, finding those um, connections that you have with people, um, you know, yes. whether it's Star Wars or wine, um, I, I don't know if I told you this, um, when I did work at Collaborize, when we um, went to Philadelphia, I brought a case of wine and beer and I, um, gave that to some educators because it was Russian river, uh, brewery, which is a really famous brewery, um, known for Pliny the elder, uh, uh, double IPA that you can't get just anywhere. So I brought educators that I knew liked beer. <laughs> that was important. I knew they liked beer uh, because we already connected about um, about it. And I brought them a bottle of beer and they, they remembered that. <laughs> yeah. So finding so your niche and finding what connections you have with people. That is so important. And then on top of that, well, it, just to add on like finding your niche too. So if you say you're an ed tech company and you've got multiple audiences, great. Mm -hmm. Follow both of them, interact with them in different ways. Um, the way you can do that is look up, you know, some people, if it's on Twitter, there's certain lists, you can do Twitter advanced search. Facebook is a bit different in this world, but you can have Facebook groups that attract the audience that you want as well. Um, you can or use join Facebook groups. Yeah, join Facebook groups. You can have hashtags for for TikTok, for Instagram. So there are ways to really narrow into your target audience. And I think what Shanna said is really key is making sure that you are doing that and you're not talking to the wrong people or jumping on trends that may not have anything to do with your brand. <laughs> Speaking of TikTok, um, <laughs> no, I mean, and if you're if it doesn't make sense for your brand to be on something like TikTok, then don't be on TikTok even though that's the cool thing that everybody's talking about right now. Ooh, okay. So TikTok. <laughs> We're talking TikTok now. And I think your second takeaway was efficiency and tools. Yes. I went to one session that blew my mind around how to be efficient on TikTok, but also what you said, make sure you're talking to your brand with the mm -hmm. trends and things you see. I forget her name. Um, I'll put it in the show notes, but she was amazing because she had a whole production crew and said, hey, I look at these trends, identify what trends I want to actually do. We have a, a Kanban board system in Asana and we just queue up all the stages. Then I craft the video and in various stages. And then I go out and say, okay, how can I also make this a YouTube short? How can I make this an Instagram reel? And it originally was a TikTok. And that mm. inspired me because I was, was at so that class, uh, Elisa or something like that. Just put in the show notes because yeah. I'm going to butcher her name. But yeah, that whole class was how to create one video and 
send it to different um, platforms. You don't need to recreate the wheel over and over again. In fact, I create a lot of video content and I will reshare it in different ways on Instagram or Twitter or whatever. Um, I recently did this with a picture of, or a video, sorry, hello, a video of uh, my husband opening up a little um, ball of fried burrata. If you guys don't know what that is, it's cheese, it's delicious, it's happiness. Um, even better when it's uh, fried. <laughs> and he's opening it up and I took this short video, I added a few other videos from the, um, the dinner that we had and I made one video. Then I created another video of just the, the burrata and I'm just testing out to see what works the best, if it's long videos, short videos, stuff like that. And you can recreate and reuse your content over and over again. You don't need to be constantly creating new content. I have one image that I use every like three months that I use. Um, I may add different um, captions to it, but I use the exact same photo of um, a cheese. I think cheese is going to be come up a lot today. Um, <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, that is part of my brand, I guess. Um, and I reuse it every three months. Um, and so far, no one's called me out on it. Yeah. And I think the the key is to, to make it not annoying, but make sure it's still valuable. And mm -hmm. so even just before this um, show, I was talking to our producer, Jordan, about just how we promote our podcast. And many of you might follow us on Twitter at Leone Group. And you'll see that we have a heavier promotion in the beginning because it's new, but we never had the same tweet or the same Facebook post. Um, or the same LinkedIn posts, it's different ways to approach it and talk to different people. But there's a heavier promotion when something's new, but then you're looking in the future and saying, what's timely in the future? How can I align this good content with timely things? Mm -hmm. Or like Shanna's method is too, is I'll, let's just sprinkle it out once every three months afterwards um, for a bit. And by that time, I already know what types of posts work better and what language works better. So how do you yeah. know that though? <laughs> Ooh, let's go into testing. <laughs> good, uh, really bad segue. <laughs> I'm not good with segues. Transition. So I, I know we can talk a lot about efficiencies and tools, but you want to start looking at how do we program effectively? How do we schedule? So if you are in social media, um, you should have some type of programming tool. Um, mm -hmm. There's 10 million of them out there. Um, we use Sprout Social. Um, there's Agora Pulse. There's Buffer. There's Hootsuite. There's, gosh, there, there's 10 million lists. We could put a, a link to the show notes of all the, the tools. Mm -hmm. The tool should match your budget, but also what you need it for. Don't get something super fancy that you're not going to use like 100% of it. Just start small. Just mm -hmm. make sure it can program stuff. Um, we like tagging stuff too. Not to, this also segues into testing a little bit, but we love tagging stuff because we can tag what we talk about based on topic and we can tag based on type of post and whatever else. Maybe it's a campaign or something. But when you tag, you can look at things in aggregate and see how they perform. So you can say, oh, you know, your audience on Twitter versus Facebook. So Twitter, they actually really like stuff around project-based learning and they love worksheets. But on Facebook, they really love the feel-good stories and the videos um, about teachers using your product in action. Whatever it may be. I want to hear more about this tagging. Do you do it like in a link or no. within a post? 
we add tags and I think in other companies they call them labels, but um, there's tagging functionality within Sprout also in Agora Pulse and a bunch of the other, like the more advanced tools, mm -hmm. but you can also do tagging in links, right? So you can do UTM encoding. Mm -hmm. um, That's what I know. Yeah. Um, but this way, Shanna, it allows you to look at not just, so UTM encoding gives you the data in the Google analytics, right? So that's website focused. Yeah. Whereas tagging your tweets or your social posts get you in the platform itself, right? Mm -hmm. So you can look at your cadence of a certain thing, the impressions, all that in-platform native data. If, you go really into detail with data. I love it. We try. I mean, I love it. Us, so, you know, we got it's important. I mean, that's the one thing I've noticed over the years that, um, it, and this is something that um, someone tweeted uh, that the most important thing about social media is the amount of data you get. You, we live in an era where we know if our marketing efforts are working or not, if we check we are able to look at the data and even um, using the platforms themselves. I once a month, I take a look at uh, what's performing the best on Instagram. Instagram's kind of my go-to platform um, versus Twitter or Facebook or LinkedIn, just because that's where my community is the most engaged. Um, so I look at what, what posts perform the best and I'm not looking at likes um, that, that's fine. Likes are kind of an indicator of what does well, but I like looking at comments and seeing which content, which videos and images that I put out get the most amount of comments. Because to me, that means that a post did well if I get a lot of comments and a lot of engagement and back and forth com uh, comments. So I take a look and I go, okay, is there a trend here? Um, you know, maybe the stuff that got the most uh, comments are all quote images, or maybe they're all pictures of me, or maybe they're all pictures of cheese. I don't know, whatever it is. And then I'll do, do more of that. Yeah, I love that. I think um, for all of you that feel like this is slightly overwhelming, I think if you just hear what Shanna is talking about, just start small and think about the things that matter to you most as a brand. And start with a couple. Don't because the best thing about social media is how much metrics and data are available, but it's also the worst thing. Right? <laughs> you can get you can go down a rabbit hole of data as well. You are overwhelmed. So we will put in the show notes as well a link to our social media metrics boot camp series. And we try to hone in on like what matters most. But again, I want you to think as a brand, what matters most to you? Because you might really value comments and you want to weight those more than just in general reach or brand awareness that you can get on most social posts in terms of impressions. So that is really key. Hone in on what works for you from a metric and testing perspective. Exactly. And that, you know, I, I work with a lot of small business owners that are completely overwhelmed with uh, social media that they don't even start sometimes they'll go weeks without posting. And then all of a sudden they'll post like 10 different posts in one day. And I am always trying to um, encourage people to use social media scheduling tools and planning ahead so that you're not, you know, forgetting to do social media 
like you said, I, it looks like I'm on there every day and I'm not, I batch create my content where I spend a few hours each at the beginning of each month to look ahead and work with my social media, um, manager. I, um, I, about six months ago, I actually, um, have a um, contractor that I work with and she helps me create content. So I'm not doing it on my own. So it's the very first time that I've outsourced help um, because post-cancer, my brain just for the first year just didn't work like it used to. My brain was a little foggy. So I um, acknowledged that I needed help. That was hard, but I acknowledged that I needed help and I hired someone to help me. And that's made all the difference. Um, So just want to let people know that you can also, you know, hire someone for even a few hours a week to help you out if you feel like you can't do it. Um, you don't need to hire someone full time to do this. You can have someone help out a little bit. Um, but we we spend a few hours at the beginning of the month um, to figure out what um, is coming up, you know, what promotions we want to do. And then um, we create content and schedule it out. So it's it's, I think, the rest of April's already in my social media scheduler, which I use Buffer. So it's ready to go. I don't even have to think about it until I'm ready to start thinking about May. Yeah, and that's important for, I guess, teachers, too. Sometimes when they come in, they just feel like there's so much. They, they don't have any time for anything. Mm-hmm. But if you do want to maybe get what you're writing out or you just want to elevate other educator voices, but you don't want to do it in sporadic, like, oh, my God, I'm on now, um, mm-hmm. and you want to trickle it out, you know, like Shanna's saying, using a program schedule is really key. If you're an ed tech entrepreneur, I've met many of you, I'll, recently and all of the time being slightly overwhelmed because you got 10 million jobs. I feel you. Um, Mm -hmm. But how do you get started? And it just feels overwhelming to be on social. So in the beginning, what you want to do is like have a a simple tool that, you know, Buffer is actually has a freemium version too. So you can actually use Buffer for free in the beginning. And if you want the bells and whistles, I think it's like 10 bucks. Um, $6 per platform, which is nothing. I mean, it's $6 a month. Um, which is, I mean, it adds up, but it really is not that much. And it is really useful. And at the very, like, if you said, I'm going to devote one, one hour a week, what can I do in one hour a week to have something scheduled on social? It doesn't need to be perfect to get started. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the things I learned and felt really just excited about a social media marketing world is how much everyone just throws out stuff to see if it works. And even the presenters that were making millions off of social media, they would talk about their flops and they'd say, go to my feed. Yeah. Sometimes like they just flop and you just don't know. So I, for all of you trying new things or posts, or you don't get a response, it's okay. Just keep going. Mm-hmm. And that's a hard trying thing. new things. Um, yeah, that's one thing I'm doing a lot of is testing out things, and I'm I'm quickly finding out what works and what doesn't, and then I share it with my audience on um, Twitter and um, Instagram. Um, but I think it it's really important to figure out what works for you, and staying consistent. You know, when you when people hear the word consistent, they think, oh, we have to do this every day. Consistent means whatever it means to you. 
if you can only create content three days out of the week, that is better than going weeks without anything and then posting 10 times in one day. Staying consistent to you is what matters. Yeah. And that also trains your audience too. So (laughs) a little bit of human behavior too. That's really important when it comes to like YouTube too, when you're, or TikTok, when you're dropping things, like Mm -hmm. people say, Hey, Shannon makes a video on YouTube, drops it every Monday, blah, Uh, makes a podcast and drops it at Thursday. Um, So that's really important. Um, so I know we want to get into some other things we yeah. talk about so many things on social media marketing world. I will say that the surprises were the resurgence of YouTube in general. Marketers mm-hmm. are paying attention to YouTube for lots of really great reasons. Um, we'll probably do some blog posts around YouTube, but you know, the longevity of how your content stays there, um, the algorithms that actually work for you and not against you, cough, cough, Facebook. <laughs> you know? um, so YouTube was a big, like there were so many sessions on YouTube. And one of my most popular tweets at the conference was just a screenshot telling people it's okay to be human and make mistakes, but you can have some scripts, right? So you start out doing, you know, immediately doing the thing that they say, don't introduce yourself for 30 seconds. People leave you in the first 10 seconds if you do that. So mm-hmm. just knowing that we're, we all don't understand or know it all, but we're trying. And the more you try, the better you get. And it's okay if you fail, just like we teach our kids, right? It's true. Um, um, I would say the most, I, I saw YouTube and TikTok classes the most. And um, for anyone who thinks TikTok is just for kids, I'm going to say that I learn about composting and menopause on TikTok. That's my audience. <laughs> wow. Um, I go, I, I'm, I'm on not embarrassed to say it. <laughs> I'm on plant talk. Um, I even have like, you know, the spiritual healers talk yeah. to me. I have the pep talks. I have the, the, the gay old men in Florida. <laughs> so TikTok is, it, it really focuses on a, a niche. And I think that is, um, you know, stuff that you can take to any platform that makes sense for you. But like t- uh, checking out TikTok and, um, figuring out what you, what you want to talk about. And, also, it's a good way to kind of understand that um, your content should be short and to the point. You know, using a hook to capture attention right away is something you can take with every platform, your blog, your life. You know, when you're doing events, you know, capturing people's attention right away is, is important and, um, you know, getting straight to the point. Agree. All right. <laughs> Before we get into these other questions, the one thing I just wanted to add about that conference was also the resurgence of LinkedIn in particular. I didn't go to those classes. Yeah, because, I, I, you know, my audience. So um, for <laughs> tech, we have B2B um, a lot. Mm-hmm and some B2C, but LinkedIn for us, we have huge high engagement rates, um, just a lot of impact and reach for mm-hmm. not paying to play. So yeah. for us, I was trying to figure out how can I grab some tips and tricks? And I, I learned a ton. Um, I can put a couple of them in the show notes, but really just making sure that you're constantly 
leaning into the things that Shannon and I were talking about relationships, right? So you're not just, you know, Hey, I got this blog post, you know, I want a conversation. I want to get to know you. I want a Mm -hmm. bit of a story. There aren't a lot of character limits on LinkedIn too. There's some great hashtags you can use, and then you need to be active in your comments, but also be active in other people's comments as well. If you have a great comment, you can turn that actually into a LinkedIn post. That was cool. And I knew that, but it was just nice to see it and see how other people play around on LinkedIn as well. So lots of things for social media marketing world and the trends. We talked about the metaverse. We talked about Web3. We talked about NFTs, all the fun things we could spend hours. But let's get into localized social media marketing, because that's something I don't do well, Shanna, and you are great at. You work with lots of local brands in the wine industry, Sonoma County, hospitality, so much more, and they have storefronts. And for all of you listening that don't have storefronts, imagine you want people to go to an event or potentially, you know, some type of location, or you want to target people based on a location. And I'm looking at you, all of you ed tech people trying to target California, New Jersey, Texas, Florida, New York, especially (laughs) LA Unified. So how do you begin to start targeting people in these massive platforms? You know, like that feels like a paid to play moment, but you're able to do a lot of it with social organically. Um, connections, <laughs> um, you know, um, tar- having your niche be local, um, influencers. And when I talk about influencers, I'm not talking about, you know, the people that, um, take pretty pictures and, uh, post, um, on Instagram. I'm talking about people that actually, um, connect with other people in the community, um, so if you have an event and a specific community, find the people through LinkedIn or Twitter, um, that actually live there and, um, that are going to come to the event, you know, um, and, um, just connect with them and ask, just ask if they can, um, post a link to your event. And a lot of the times they will, this isn't, um, a lot of, um, extra effort, you can create, you know, one template and, um, send it to these people and just ask, um, if they can, um, they can share. Um, also Google, my business is a huge website, uh, traffic, uh, like website traffic driver that most businesses specific, like brick and mortar are not taking advantage of. Um, all businesses I think should be on Google, my business. Um, especially those with a physical location. Uh, They should be posting regularly to the um, Google business platform about what they're doing, um, you know, periodic updates, events, um, hours. That's been a huge thing during the pandemic because hours have been cut. So when you go to Google, it says something different than your website and your social media, and it's just overwhelming for customers. So they're not even gonna come to you. and uh, Google has a lot of data and it's pretty cool to see um, how many people are clicking on your posts um, from Google My Business. It helps potential customers and it helps you um, be found in search. Great. So you said 
influencers and Mm -hmm. influencers vary based on platform. And then, like you said, there's a gradient of like micro influencers, thought leader influencers to um, people that take those pretty pictures and get millions of likes. And you know what? There's, there's room for everyone. Um, I'm a lot in the wine industry. There is um, the old guard of wine uh, people that, you know, that are, older that don't think that, um, you know, people sharing a picture of themselves with a bottle of wine does anything, but guess what? Younger audiences love that and they love connecting with people. And so you figure out what makes sense for your brand. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the influencers are great. The Google, my business is something, um, to take a look at. Yeah. I gosh, so many people do not use that. Um, and then other hashtags are a great way to start talking directly to localized audiences too. Mm -hmm. Um, go ahead. Specifically. Yeah. And on Instagram or, um, on Instagram, um, because, uh, local hashtags can work. Um, I think of Twitter as more of a um, national or international platform where if you're really talking to local businesses, Twitter's not necessarily the place for you. Test it out. It might work for you depending on where you are. But um, uh, if I'm talking about people in Napa and Sonoma County, I'm not talking to people on Twitter. If I'm talking to people in San Francisco, then maybe, yes, I'm talking to people on Twitter. Um, but local hashtags, um, like just the hashtag Sonoma County, um, it works. And, uh, you know, figure out various um, other hashtags that make sense for your niche that are within your local community. Yeah, so, area codes work. Oh, yeah. The random hashtags around it all. I use East Bay Eats a lot, and those do really well. Yeah, because it's yeah. specific, you know. Very, it's specific to my niche of food and my location. So I combine the two. Yeah, and when I'm programming on either Twitter or either Instagram or whatever the platform is that takes hashtag, LinkedIn also takes hashtags. Facebook mm-hmm. technically takes hashtags, but no one is no one. Everyone is confused about that. The only hashtags I use, Shanna, which is interesting on Facebook, are like COVID-19, like things like that. And I found that those get picked up organically because they're looking for good, good sources. <laughs> like the curators there are looking that for good sense. sources. So one of our clients is uh, a leader in like studies around COVID. And uh, we saw like exponential organic reach. I've never seen this <laughs> because they decided it was worthy content because we use that hashtag side mm-hmm. note, but in general hashtags can really work to help you reach audiences. Either you have a local storefront or you're trying to just reach certain types of people in different States and locations too. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there's 10 million things we could talk about with that, but we'll leave it at that. And if Shanna, you have any blog posts around that that you want to add, we can add them into the show notes around how to reach people locally. Um, I really want to get into you as a children's book author. <laughs> I don't know Shanna, the children's book author. I, I followed your journey and it was amazing to see you do this. And can you just talk to me about your story? Um, and in particular, our audience would love to know like, from somebody who wasn't an author, how do you navigate how to promote your own book and get people to buy it? 
Um, well, both really good questions. So my story is, um, I, depending on when this comes out, I will either have two or three children's books out. Um, the, the end of April is when the third one comes out. Um, the first one was a co-written by my son when he was two years old. So he mostly wrote it um, on a trip to Long Beach um, that I go into detail on on the RandallThebluespider.com blog. Um, but he he wrote it. I asked questions and kind of guided him. And then it sat on my phone for about two and a half years. Um, during the um, first summer of COVID in 2020, I found out I had anal cancer. And so I had to go through radiation and oral chemotherapy that left me bedridden for two months. I, I could barely move. And so I had to say goodbye to all of my clients and um, I had nothing to do. So I decided to, when I wasn't, when I was awake, um, I decided to research how to publish this book because I wanted this children's book to be a thing. I thought it was adorable. It's about a little blue spider, um, who goes surfing and he gets nervous because he wants to enter a surfing competition. His friend helps him, um, not be nervous anymore. And, um, and we got it published. So I went the hybrid publishing route. So instead of self-publishing, or finding a publisher, I found um, a hybrid publisher, East 26 Publishing. Um, she's based out of Houston, and she helped me with the book, and I paid her. So I paid her to help me with all the details about the book that I didn't know about, you know, how to format. Um, she actually added the, like, breakout character, Krabby, there's a little uh, crab on every single page of all my books. And she came up with that idea and it makes a huge difference in how much kids love this book. But, um, and she puts it on Amazon and she knows how to format it and all that stuff that I don't have to think about. So I was able to pay her to help me with everything I don't know, instead of doing the research that could be hours and hours of my time. So I paid her to do that. When the book first came out, um, it was actually um, April of 2021. Um, and I had a Facebook group of dedicated friends and um, family members uh, that I called my launch crew. They knew exactly when the first book was going to come out. And I had them um, buy a Kindle version of the book, the children's book, on the first day. They were able to read it and then leave a review right away on Amazon. Um, then they also spread the word through their own social media channels. So the most important part of the first few days of your book launch, specifically on Amazon, are those reviews. It's harder to do with a longer book because obviously you can't expect 100 people to read a longer book in the first day um, on Kindle or um, or in person. So it's a little bit harder. It's much easier when your book is one line and 32 pages. Um, but the, um, the reviews were so important to the Amazon search algorithm. Um, I'll say that my first book has over 100 and 
50 reviews, I think, some somewhere around there. Uh, it has over 100 reviews on Amazon. And to this day, it still does better within this Amazon search um, than the second book that only has about 30 to 40 reviews. Um, the second book didn't do as well because I had a lot of um, physical issues that were going on because of post-cancer and it just didn't do as well. But starting off with your friends and family to get the word out is definitely the way to get started with um, promoting your book. And then figuring out how your book can help people and how you can communicate that in 10 different ways. Like literally I had, a, I, for the latest book, um, it's about picky eaters. Um, <laughs> all of my books have a different aspect of mental health issues for kids taught in a fun way. That That's important to me. Um, so what I did was I took how this third book can help people and I wrote it on a whiteboard and then I wrote different ways to communicate that in a brainstorm. Um, I worked with my social media manager and then from each one of those ways, there's like four different ways of creating content. You can create a quote image. You can create a video talking about, um, that aspect of how it helps people. But at the end of the day, that is your value proposition to people. Um, you know, this, this top line, um, thinking of how you can help people. Yeah. Um, that's so and yeah. I just want to stop there because I think if you are a author, you tend to just say, Hey, I've released a new book. Please. Yeah. Buy. Or if you're an ed tech company, um, you're also like, you might have books around that you've done that they just say, Hey, buy the book, but they don't really think about the benefits and also teasing out parts of the book. So it doesn't really work for children's books potentially, but I'm thinking ed tech where we've got some pretty big books, right? Like mm -hmm. I've seen, you know, my friend Lisa Heifel from uh, HyperDocs, she promotes it and says, here's a freebie from the book. Mm -hmm. Here's a chapter that we didn't add. Um, so like giving value, but also what is it solving? How can it help your day to day? And I love that you do that brainstorm, you know? Yeah. You know what the funny thing is? I have a marketing book coming out um, next year as well. And a lot of the same techniques happen with my children's books. Um, when I did the first launch, um, I did make it about me. It, it was a week after I found out my tumor was gone. So I think people naturally wanted to help me. Um, so I used that. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I got to use my cancer card, I guess. Uh, <laughs> so, um, that helps sell books, but that's not gonna, that's not long-term, you know, the second book, people didn't care about my cancer anymore. Um, they cared about what was in it for them. And I don't think I did a good job, um, conveying that to people. And I think that's why it didn't do as well. Um, so the third book, I'm really focusing on how this book can help parents and help educators. And I think that's extremely important. And that's, relationship marketing. Again, you know, you find out what your pain points of your audience are and then figure out ways to create content to help them. Whether that content is a book or a blog post or a video, it, it all kind of uh, comes together. Gosh, really good. So rewind that last couple sentences that she said, listen to it over and over again. Um, audience driven, audience centered. 
right? So what do they actually need? Uh, and it's never about your product, your book, or this and that. It's about the challenges, right? Mm-hmm. And speaking to them and the things that they look for and need. So Shanna, Lord, I could talk to you for a long time. <laughs> and I love how with podcasts, we can go deeper on some of these topics too. But then we're just like, let's talk more. Let's get nerdy. So in the show notes, we will be adding it. It's um, leoneconsultinggroup.com backslash 18. So we'll be adding all the things we talked about. And Shanna, if you have any extra things you think might help the audience, we'll do that there as well. Um, one last question that we ask all of our guests Um, I think it's incredibly related to you because you've gone through so much. You do so much. I hear and follow your story um, being a mother, a wife, an entrepreneur, a children's book author, a cancer survivor. There's a lot going on in your life. I'm wondering on the day to day, like, how do you get up? Like, what makes you get really excited and go, I'm going to create all this social or I'm going to tackle the day? Like, what gets you inspired and to keep going? Is it a book? Is it a podcast to run? It's people. Um, What I realized from social media marketing world is that I desperately have missed people over the past two years. You know, in addition to the pandemic, um, going through cancer treatments and not being able to actually see people in person because I was immune compromised for a good part of it, um, it definitely took a toll on my mental health. Um, So what recharges me um, is grabbing a coffee or a cup of cup of wine, a cup of coffee or a glass of wine with a friend or even just taking a walk around the block with my husband because he now works from home as well. So other people recharge me. And um, I think it's important to figure out what uh, makes sense for you because I know for a fact, other people are, you know, connections in person scares some people. So finding out what makes sense for them. Yeah. It's the little things really. How do you Mm -hmm. do it every day? And um, I will gladly have a cup of wine with you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Thank you so much for joining us, Shanna. You are a wealth of knowledge. I hope that all of you get to follow her. So Shanna, why don't you just drop your socials now? Because talking about it is different than seeing it in action. Mm -hmm. Um, I can be best found on Twitter or um, Instagram. Uh, Sheree Ray. S-H-A-R-A-Y-R-A-Y. And of course, they'll be in the show notes. Um, I talk about social media, wine, my children's books, mental health, all of the above. I haven't found a niche. Actually, no, I will say um, the good thing about the wine industry and the children book, children's book industry, they both have the same target audience, moms. Interesting. <laughs> They like wine and they like uh, children's books that will, um, that are quick and easy to read. Um, and um, it doesn't hurt if they've had a glass of wine before they <laughs> hit that buy on Amazon. Right. Um, all right. Thank you so much. I hope for all of you that are listening that you walked away with a couple of different things that you can try and, and know also humbly that we all just are good at trying and trying again. 
right? So no one knows the secret sauce to every social media platform. We're just better at sticking to it, trying, being curious, the stuff that we teach our kids, right? So I hope you walk away with a couple of tactics or even just a slight mind shift about what social media is and, and the different aspects, right? Shanna talked about launching a book on social and, and how do I get people to a, a physical storefront? You know, those are hard to do organically, but she does them. So again, you can access this episode's show notes at leoniconsultinggroup.com backslash 18. So um, it's like 16 candles plus two, right? So thank you everyone for your time. If you do like these episodes, consider dropping a review. Um, It's not just for Amazon. It really helps our podcast get seen for people that need it. Okay. I will see you all next time on the next episode of All Things Marketing and Education. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode. If you liked what you heard and want to dive deeper, you can visit Leone Consulting Group dot com backslash podcasts for all show notes, links, and freebies mentioned in each episode. And we always love friends. So please connect with us on Twitter at Leone Group. If you enjoyed today's show, go ahead and click the subscribe button to be the first one notified when our next episode is released. We'll see you next week on all things marketing and education.